0: I'll explain it in just a second. But when you and I, when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ, we gave him our heart. Romans 10, 9 confirms this. It says that if I'm reading out of the NIV version, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10 says this for with the heart, everybody say with the heart. For with the heart, man believes or with the heart, you believe and are justified in your heart that you believe that he's raised from the dead and that uh, and it says and that you believe that you are justified. So when you and I got born again, we gave Jesus our heart. But guess what? Our soul stayed the same. We got a brand new heart. But the soul part of us stayed the same. And so if you're taking notes, our lesson title is Give God Soul Control. And I want you to find two verses of Scripture. We're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5. You will need to click to find that one. And then Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2, first, first Thessalonians 5 verse 23, and then Romans chapter 12 verses 1, we are made up of three parts. Everybody say three parts. I'm in first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 now. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, that your whole spirit, say spirit, spirit. your whole soul, say soul. And your whole body, say body, and it says, be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we got saved, listen, our spirits got saved, but our soul needs renewal. Why? Because nothing about our soul changed. And that's why you still remember things that you did before you got saved. Because your soul did not get saved. Your soul is being saved. Your spirit is saved. That's the part of you that's like God. That's the part of you that got born again. But the area of our soul is where most believers struggle. And this is the part of us that we don't realize that has to also change in order for us to prosper in life. Our soul's influence how we feel, how we think, how we perceive. And if you uh, write down Mark chapter 14, verse 34, this was Jesus talking. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. John 12, 27 says, now is my soul troubled. So when you and I go through these emotional roller coasters, it's not our spirits, it's our soul's. And that's the part of us that we must get under control because if we listen, if we don't get our souls under control, it will eventually impact our spirit. Amen. Hebrews twelve three. I want I want them to put that up on the screen. Hebrews twelve three. Our, our souls include our minds. In fact. If you want to write this down, your soul includes your mind, your will, your thoughts and how you feel. And of course that includes your imagination, that includes your emotions. But I like to make it where it sounds simple. It's your mind, your will, your thoughts and how you feel. Everybody say my mind, my My will, my thoughts and how I feel. Those areas consist of your soul, but that part of you did not get saved. Now, Hebrews 12, 3, it says, uh, and it's talking about Jesus, For consider Him, Jesus, who endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, watch this, lest you and I be wearied and faint in our where? In our minds. So when you and I are struggling, when you're struggling to give up, When you're struggling to fight the good fight of faith, it's not your spirit man that's in the fight. It's really your soul man that needs to get in line with the spirit. See, the Bible says the spirit is always willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So how you and I uh, uh, allow the conditions of our souls to get is what determines how well in life we are, we will be. In fact, I'm going to show you today how important your soul is and what role it plays in your life. And here's three things we're going to have to do. We're going to have to re-influence. Everybody say re-influence. We're going to have to re-influence our soul. We're going to have to retrain our souls. And then we're going to have to renew our souls. So go to Romans chapter 12 because I'm going to show you the secret to renewing your mind. I'm going to show you the secret to renewing your mind. And here's the thing with most believers. We have the information on what we need to do to renew our minds. But we don't have the revelation on how to do it. Amen. Romans chapter 12, look in verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Watch this. Holy and acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. In other words, he's saying, listen, you and I submitting our bodies to God, that's the reasonable thing we ought to do. Amen. And then he says in verse 2 and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, what is acceptable. And what the perfect will of God is. Now, before we dissect that, I just want to point something out here. It says, and be not conformed to this world, which lets me know that it is possible for me to be conformed to the world. As a matter of fact, you and I were conformed to the world before we made Jesus the Lord of our life. So listen, if you and I don't renew our minds with the Word, and I'll show you the revelation part of that in just a second, if you and I don't do that, we will be Christians who are living conformed to the world. Because your soul didn't get saved. Your soul is being saved. Your soul is being renewed. And so because that part of you is still the old you, if you and I don't renew that part of us, we're just going to be Christians who live carnal lives. We're going to be Christians who live conformed to this world. And so I love the NIRV version of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. This is what it says. Don't live any longer the way this world lives. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you will be able to test what God wants for you and you will agree what he wants is right. His plan is good and pleasing and perfect. And here is why a lot of believers have not bought into God's will for their life because their soul man does not see the benefit from it. Notice it says in that, in, the, in our RV, let your way of thinking be completely changed. Why? Because most people don't submit to the will of God because they're not convinced that God's way is better. It's quiet in the house today, isn't it? Now, It said, let your way of thinking be completely changed. And when you do that, you'll be able to agree what God wants for you is right. You'll be able to see his plan for your life being good. You'll be able to see that that father really knows best. Amen. So let's look at verse two again. Romans chapter 12, verse two. Let's look at it again. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, notice it didn't say that your mind would be transformed. It said your mind would be renewed. But when it says be transformed, it's talking about your life. In other words, listen, my mind is what's standing between me having a transformed life or a conformed life. My mind. Amen. Notice it didn't say that we would have a transformed mind. It said that we had to renew our minds. And so the Greek word for the word transformed there, we probably already know this, is the Greek word metamorpho, which is where we get our English word metamorphos from. Now, lately, for some reason, I've been seeing a lot of caterpillars crossing the road. I feel so sorry for them because sometimes I can't avoid them. They never become a butterfly. I'm not trying to kill the caterpillar. Some of you all are looking like he's a caterpillar murderer. No. I'm not going to wreck my car trying to avoid a caterpillar. But I've been noticing, maybe it's caterpillar season. But eventually that caterpillar is going to metamorphosis into a butterfly. And that's what that word metamorpho means in Romans chapter 12 when he says being transformed, metamorphosis. And that same word metamorpho, the Greek word, is found in Matthew chapter 17 verse 1. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. And this is when Jesus took three of his disciples up to a high mountain. And it says in verse 2, Uh, He took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and he brought them to a high mountain. And verse 2 says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment as white as light. The word transfigured there is that Greek word metamorphoso or metamorpho. In other words, Jesus went up to this mountain, and he changed right in front of their eyes. And this word "metamorpho" in Romans is what is what he's trying to describe. What would happen to us when you and I renew our minds? Our lives will watch this. Will do a metamorpho. And some of us need a metamorpho. Amen. I know you may thought you needed some uh, some. Uh, uh, it's, it's some fiber, I forget what it's called, it starts with an M. Metamus. I, I know you thought you needed some metamuso, but you really need some metamorpho. <laughs> Probably say, how did he get that in a sermon? <laughs> the only thing standing between you and a transformed life is our way of thinking. And uh, go to 1 John. They're going to put 1 John chapter 2 here because there are, there's something that he said in Romans 12 two, that I want you to get. Notice he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So that means now that if I don't renew my mind, I'm going to think like the world. So what type of thinking does the world have? I'm going to give you the three L's. Everybody say the three L's. These three L's are how the world thinks because I want you to see that if you don't renew your mind, this is the type of thinking you're going to st- stay stuck in. In 1 uh, in John chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 15. These are the three L's. It says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. You can like your car but don't love it. Amen. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Look at verse 16. For all that is in the world. Now he's about to explain to us now what this world looks like and what this world consists of so so we can see what our lives will conform to if we don't renew our minds. He says, for all that is in the world, read it with me, the lust of the what? Flesh. The lust of the What? eyes and the pride of what life and it says it's not of the father but it's of the world so these three l's if you want to write them down is the lust of the flesh that's the first one and that's an insatiable desire for the flesh to get its way and get what it wants amen this is what will make you cheat on your taxes this is what makes you clock in early and you're not supposed to This is what will have you to ask a friend to clock in for you because you're running late. But that's nobody here. Those are people that didn't come to church. The lust of the flesh. Amen. And then the second one is the lust of the eyes. And this is an insatiable desire to satisfy what you see. And that's why you have to watch what you put in front of you. Amen. Amen. I mean, some of these shows may not be sinful, but they're not safe. I know you, uh, you know, you have to have a real strong spiritual life to even watch any any one of the hip-hop, love hip-hop shows. Because your mind will be twisted up by the time you finish that show. So if you really have a spiritual mind, you probably wouldn't watch it. No, at first it was, it was really entertaining to me until I saw that these people, this is, real, their lives are really jacked up like this. Come on, some of that's not TV. I'm, having nine kids is not TV. That's, that's real right there. The lust of the eyes. And then I call it a life of pride to keep it in L's. And the life of pride is an attitude of superiority. This is one's self-reliance on yourself. This is a person that believes more in what they can do than God. And I know we don't think like that. But see, if, if you take any part of God's word and you've decided to do it your way, that's being self-reliant. So let's say let's say you're you are you you still struggling with the tithe thing. That means you are self-reliant on how you do money. But let, let's say, for instance, you've decided you still haven't bought into God's process of dating. You, you haven't bought into he wants you, if you are a man, he wants you to date a man. He ain't do that. That that ain't the God that we serve. That's the God, the world. So that's that being conformed to the world that they say, oh, same sex dating ain't no such thing in the Bible. I'm going to say that again. There's no such thing in the Bible. I know you might be confused of where you are right now in life. But listen, the equipment that God gave you should unconfuse you. Come on, he designed men to give. He designed women to receive, not the other way around. And I know some of y'all going, I can't. Listen, this is the problem with the church now. Because we don't want to offend people. I don't want to offend them. Listen, they're offending us. Putting all these laws in place that have nothing to do with Christianity. And I can't listen. I can't speak what the Bible says. The devil is a lie. If you are a lady and you like ladies, you have a problem. Okay. Let me be nice. We have visitors. How many visitors do we have in the house? Let me see. Okay, well, thank you, visitors. She said, stand up. Preach, man of God. Preach, man of God. (laughs) So how you and I condition our souls will impact our lives. And uh, there are four things. Everybody say four things. There are four things that have impacted our souls before we even came to Jesus Christ. You can write these down. The first one is our environment. And this is just where we were raised and how we were influenced in the environment we were raised. And you may not know it, but how you were raised has influenced how you do things. Amen. How you were raised has impacted how you think. Amen. Uh, because Pastor Che always ate my wife's food growing up from her plate. My wife, we, we will never, listen, we will never run out of food. We have food for days in our pantry. I mean, the world can go on strike. Just come to my house, we got it. No, because she didn't, th- 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 listen, Pastor Che sticking his hand in her plate impacted her life. Everybody say our environment. Here's the second area uh, are credible others. These are people who had influence in our lives. And they shaped our thinking. These are people that we have regarded, most of them were in some type of authority role. These are coaches. These are parents. These are teachers. These are people who influenced us. They were credible others because, listen, these were people who had credibility before we got there. Amen. These are principles, and this is why, if you were raised and you, you know, and and a teacher that you respected said you would never amount to nothing, that's why it it has impacted you so much. Because one of the things that that shapes our soul are credible others. Here's number three, and that is life's experiences. These are events, whether they were negative or positive, that have shaped our thinking. These are events. Places, situations that have shaped our way of thinking. These are life experiences. Uh, uh, there's a pastor friend of mine who uh, used to play professional football. Uh, and I won't say what teams he played for, but anyway, uh, did well. But when he finished the league, the economy went belly up. He had lots of rental properties and all that. He, he ended up going through bankruptcy. He ended up going... I mean, he went through a financial hard time. And, and it has impacted him as a pastor because he's going to save every dime they get. Now, the good thing about it is he's been able to pay cash for their building. But I'm saying it has still impacted him as a person. And then here's the last one. is repetitious information. And these are things that have been said or done repeatedly. And this is why commercials are so effective because they said it and they said it, they showed it and they showed it, and they've done it enough to put it into your belief system. And some of you don't know, but your souls have been impacted by repeated information from people. And so now you and I have to do something to retrain this soul. We got to do something to put some, listen, not just some information in the soul, but we have to now transform our soul. Now, let me give you the good news and then I'm going to give you revelation on this. Here's the good news. The solution to a renewed mind is really the Word. It, it, it is the Word. And, and the thing about the Word is the Word has the power in it to do what it wants to do. The Scripture says that His word will not return to him void. And the word will accomplish that which he has sent it out to do. So the power to get it done is in the word. All we got to do is put the word in us. But here is why most of us, our souls have not gotten changed, even though, listen to me, we know the word. And even though we have read the Word and even though we've remembered the Word, and I'm not saying those things are bad. They're not bad. They're good. But here's the reason why the average person has not gotten their minds or their souls in a condition to be renewed. It's because they don't have a revelation that they're not the old person no more. Uh, put 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Here's the thing. When you get a revelation that you're not that person anymore, now my reference point for living life is not going to come from my own me. I'm not him. He's not home. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Watch what it says. Therefore, if any man. Be in Christ. He's a what? A new what? A new creature. Watch this. All things are passed away and behold, all things what? Are become new. All things are become new. So when I get born again, even though I still may have my old soul, there is a new me. And when I get a revelation that that's This new me is who I am. In other words, who I am in Christ Jesus is now the real me. So all the fears and all the issues that I had and all the things that people said to me growing up and all the the negative events that may have taken place, listen, I may remember those, but I don't have to live by them no more because that's not me. When you get that revelation... You won't even let people talk to you crazy. Because you're saying, that's not me. Old things are passed away. I'm a new creation. So now when the devil wants to take me back to a reference point that is what I call pre-Jesus, I now tell him post-Jesus. Because I'm not him. So now, listen, the the key to getting your mind renewed is first you accepting the fact that you're not the same person you used to be. See, if you don't believe that, then renewing your mind is not going to work. Because you have not accepted the fundamental foundational belief that I'm a new person, I'm not the same who I used to be. The old man is gone, the new man is coming. Until you accept that. Your reference point will always be from who you remember you used to be. So that's why the devil pulled all these tricks out of his magic hat. That's how you can date the same person or same type of person every single time. Because the person that that, that is dating that person has not believed that they are a new person. No, no. when when you believe, when you know that you are a new person, you don't have to put up what what the old person put up with. See, some of you, here's the thing. The foundation for sin is believing a lie. I said the foundation for sin is believing a lie. The only reason Eve sinned she believed a lie. Amen. The devil told her, "Oh no, you you you're going to be like you you already like God, you know, he lied to her and it wasn't until she believed the lie that it made her sin. That's the foundation for every sin. And so when you and I we don't understand Somewhere you believe the lie. That's why if you believe the lie, there are more men than women. So there are just a few good men out there. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a lie. You say, well, pastor, the statistics show that there are more women than men. So men can just do what they want to do. Well, Again, do you want to pull that information from the OU? Go ahead and do that then. You'll be in competition with 30 million women then. But when you know that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus and that all things are passed away and, beca- all, and all things have become new, then you know right over here, you too, you need to compete. I don't have to give you something that I'm not willing to give you. Why? Because I'm a good thing. And the man that finds me is going to find something good. And if you want the good before you find me, you ain't getting none of my good. No, because I know who I am. I don't have to give you that because I'm not that anymore. I don't have to let you cuss me out no more. Because I'm not that person. I I used to be that person where I have to take it because I didn't feel worthy. I don't have any self-worth. My self-esteem is shot. No, no, that is the old me. But the revelation of the new me, guess what? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And guess what? If God is for Evan Connor, who can be against me? The, guess what? So now... I don't have to put up with what I used to put up with because I am who the Word says I am. So here's what we got to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close right here. How do we overcome what I call this pre-thought state? This pre-thought. How do we get beyond the old soul? Because it's going to be there. It, It just needs your cooperation in renewing it. But I'm telling you today, renewing your mind is not gonna work until you accept the new you. That's like putting old wine or new wine in old wine skins. The Bible says it's gonna burst. So until you accept who the real you is, who the new you is. See, when people meet me, uh, you have to understand when, when some people I see, they haven't seen me since High school, so I'm I'm a shock to them already because I was five foot five in the tenth grade. I'm six four now, so they're like, "Whoa, what happened?" So in the natural, I'm shocking them. But then, if you got to my college days and I haven't seen you, you might still think that Evan Connor still smokes weed. Have you ever had somebody to approach you and they don't know there's a new you? So they cussing and going on. They going all day. Hey, you want to go out tonight? Hey, I got a fifth in the car. You want a swig? <laughs> I don't know what words they use these days. but A swig. I know y'all don't know what a swig is. See, uh, How many know what a swig is? Let me see. here. Oh, look at the swiggers in the room. They're approaching you because they don't know the new you. And if you don't watch it, if you're not fully convinced of who your new you is, you will flow in and out of the new you and the old you. And that's why you cuss one day and be praising the Lord the next day. They see you at work and be like, wait a minute, you just cussed me out and then you ask me to pray for me? How can blessings and curses come out of the same mouth? James said, this thing ought not so to be. Why is it? Because you're flowing in between. And, and so when I, I guess my, my thing to you today is accept the new you. Accept the new you. Now, I, here's the problem with some of y'all. You haven't accepted the new you because you really don't believe God has accepted the new you. You say, well, how can God love this new me if he knows this old me? Because guess God God does his own word. He has forgot those things which are behind, and he has moved forward. He don't even see that. Listen, the blood is covering all that old stuff anyway. He don't even know what you're talking about. And here's the thing. God could not love you anymore. He could not love you anymore. When you got saved, than he did before you got saved. God's love cannot change. It cannot get better. He cannot love you more because if he loves you more, that means his love has changed. And if his love has changed, that means he has. And if he has, he, that means now he's in a, a changeable God. And the Bible says he's the Lord, he changed not. Guess what? His love is unconditional. When it's unconditional, that means it cannot change. That means it cannot get better. That means it cannot go down. So I don't know what you've done yesterday, but his love for you didn't change today. Why? Because his love is going to stay the same except the new you. So now what I'm going to do is challenge you to discover the new you because you've got to really be convinced who you are in Christ Jesus because opportunities are going to come. And find you. I'll close with this story. I know this is real sensitive right here, but it's all good because it's my testimony. So when I got saved, I was going to Jarvis Christian College, a real small college. And I wasn't saved at that college, okay? And, and mom and dad, I, I used to sell drugs on that campus. I didn't tell you that, but I'm sorry you had to find out in church, but <laughs> yeah, I was one of the people. I was one of the dealers on campus. That's why I made a lot of trips to Dallas because I had to replenish my stuff. I know you thought I was coming to see you. I was. And, And so I was part of this business fraternity, this fraternity where it was guys and girls, you know. And so, you know, we, you know, we enjoyed each other's company. Let me put it like that. So I got saved. I, I I go to prayer view. I go to prayer view for the wrong reasons. It was more girls there. I was like, wait, man, they look. They had visitation and stuff. Well, man, then they had all you could eat. I said, I got to go to that place. That sounds like Canaan land to me. So I get to prayer view, but I get saved. So I had to go back to Jarvis to go get my my uh, my uh, transcript. So when I got there. Some of my frat brothers and sisters saw me. Literally, they saw me. They said, hey, good to see us. We heard you got saved. And you know, that's like, man, that's me getting saved. That's like Louis Farrakhan becoming a Christian. Impossible. Seeming impossible. Because all things are possible to him that believes. So they said, we heard you got saved. I said, I, I did. And one of them, it's a group of people. One of them just said, oh, so that means you can't have sex no more. <laughs> well, I knew that, but it really became a revelation when they said it. <laughs> No, no, for real though, for real. When they said it to me, they said it to me, this was my response. I said, that's not true. I said, I can have all the sex I want to. And they looking at me like, y'all looking at me like, what? I didn't know that. It's not a sin. Praise God. Praise God. No, no, no. I said, I can have all the sex I want to once I get married. Because I refuse to let them make me feel bad about my new me when my old me was miserable and that's why I got saved anyway. And so there are some people here today. There are four things you gotta do. Number one, to get out of that, to get your soul in a in a better state. You gotta read. Number two, you gotta remember. Number three, you gotta rehearse the word. And number four, you gotta rebuke the devourer because he's gonna come and he's gonna give you thoughts and he's gonna tell you you not this and you not that. But you everybody say read. read. Everybody say remember. remember. Listen, you can't get away from that. Listen, this is why they put you in training on your job. They want you to remember certain things about the job. Well, listen, you and I can't get away from remembering the word. We need to remember the word. You got to learn the word. You got to put it in you. So you got to read it before you can remember it. And then once you remember it, you got to rehearse it. You got to do like David did. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. There are going to be times you're going to have to rehearse the word over your own life. And then number four, you're going to have to rebuke the devourer because he's going to come and try to remind you of who you used to be. And with every head bowed, there are some people here today. The devil is beating you up. He's beating you up over stuff and mistakes you made a long time ago. I'm talking to somebody right now because by the Spirit, the Lord just told me there are some single people in the room and the devil is trying to convince you that the reason you're still single is because of some sins you did before you got saved or even why you were saved. That's a lie. Don't let him lie to you. God is wanting you to accept who he says you are. Thank you, Father, for the word. I believe it's fallen on good ground. And I pray that they will get a revelation of who they are in you. And, Father, when they get that revelation... They'll be able to now put in new information on that foundation of who they are. And, Lord, I thank you because there are they're mayors in this room. Father, there are principals in this room. There are superintendents in this room. There are CEOs in this room. There are vice presidents of huge divisions in this room. There are entrepreneurs, Lord, in this room. There are future mothers in this room. The devil is telling you you're not going to be able to get pregnant. He's alive. The new you is the healed you. And the healed you says, listen. He said, have dominion. Be fruitful and multiply. Maybe you're here today. Because I'm going to pray over those who are struggling in their identity.